Hey, welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I'm Zach and I'm hanging out with Randy. What's up, dude? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How about you? I'm pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, I've kind of slumped into a deep, dark depression over the last 24 hours <laughs> because I've been studying up on our lovely topic for today. Oh, yeah. We're talking about hell. That's enough to depress anybody. What could be more fun than that, right? Um, <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> um, all right. You know what? Let's get right into it. And I, Oh, man, I was going to print these off so I had like cool papers in front of me, but I don't. So I'm just going to use my laptop, but that's fine. We're digital age anyway. That's right. So what, what do you think about when you think about hell? Just right off the bat, like... Like, you hear the word hell, what happens? You know, I ought to have this really good churchy <laughs> theology answer, but I don't. What I have is a Twilight Zone episode. One of my favorite episodes of the Twilight Zone, a gambler dies, and he's in the afterlife, and he's surrounded. Now, this is a half-hour show, but he ends up surrounded by beautiful women in a casino, and every time he rolls the dice, he wins. And he rolls the dice again, and he wins. And he rolls the dice again, and he wins. And at the end of the show, he talks to the person that he thinks is St. Peter. And he says, you know, this is getting kind of boring. I didn't know that heaven would be like this. And, and the figure says, what makes you think this is heaven? <laughs> Hell, for him, was taking the things that gave him joy in life and just taking that away from him. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was insightful. And it, it, it is. It made enough of an impression on me that when I think about hell, that is the first thing that I think about. Okay. Rod Serling and the, and the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I think, like, mine's... Mine's not accurate either. Uh, like I, I definitely go with like the classic, probably like medieval view of hell. You know, like maybe not like red little demons with pitchfork, you know, pitchforks and little you know tails and whatnot. But like definitely that route, right? Like more Flames of that. Right? Yeah, right. Burning. Right, 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 right. And so, like, spoiler alert: for the most part, that's inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> let's okay. let's start there, um, but let's talk about what what hell is. What it, the word okay. hell, right? Okay. The word hell comes from the Norse goddess or deity, whatever you want to refer to her as, uh, named Hel, H E L, or okay. Helia or Hella. There there are different ways of saying it. Um, if you've watched Thor Ragnarok, she's actually one of the Marvel movies. One of the Mar like Marvel the movies. She's the bad second guy. Second or the third Thor movie? I think it's the third Thor okay. movie. But she's the she's the bad guy. Um, and they, I mean, they botch the 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 whole like you know the oh the they Hollywoodized it. it. Yeah, sure. they, they they botch it. Like she's supposed to be uh, Odin's daughter. Odin's daughter in the right, but, but in the actual mythology, she's Loki's daughter. Which and, is interesting. Yeah, yeah, right. They couldn't make her Loki's daughter in the movie. Right, because they'd already it, 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 they'd, right, they'd right. changed stuff. Loki is the anti-hero who ends up... Exactly. And ends up being kind of a good guy. Yeah, we got to make him kind of the fun bad guy, right? That we, exactly. We're rooting yeah. for him even though he's not good. Right. Um, 
The thing, though, about the word hell is it means concealed or hidden. Interesting. Or covered, those sorts of things. Um, so, so, wait a minute. What, why is that? What about hell is, well, I guess the grave. Well, right. It's, and so that's kind of where I came. We, we talked about mythopoic thought at right, one point, right? Right, right, right. And that kind of seems like what that is to yeah. me, right? Like the yeah. kind of the pagan idea of making this myth that represents a, a a truth about nature. A reality. Right, right. Yeah. And so the grave, it's covered, it's concealed, it's hidden, yeah. it's away, you know? You don't go back in and dig up the dead. Exactly. It's, it's gone. They now. are gone. Yeah, right. they're covered. And so uh, that that's the word we're familiar with. That's the word we're used to seeing in our Bible, right? Um, but what I think would be really interesting is to go through. I I, I did a quick little like uh, search on just different cultures and what they thought about hell, and I wrote down some of them. And okay. I thought we could talk about that and just kind of like see. I'm going to follow your lead. No, you're because good. You've done a lot more research on this than I ever. Yeah, have. Zach, you're the expert on hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, just jump in and, you know, anything that sticks out to you is interesting. Let's talk about it. But like, okay. So in Asian culture, and there are lots of different Asian thoughts on hell, but one of them is called Bagobo or Bagobo. I'm not sure how to say it, but it's, it's a, it's for those who died in battle and it's this kind of separate place in the afterlife for those who died in battle. And is it a bad place? It or didn't is it a... really explain. It okay. just seemed like it was just like, that's where they go. Because the thing I've kind of learned about some cultures is hell's not necessarily always a bad place in okay. all cultures. Sometimes it... it's just kind of the afterlife. So that's kind of like Norse mythology exactly, with Valhalla. Exactly. And that's what I wrote down because that's what came to mind for me. Okay. Um, the one that's more on the nose, um, and we'll, we'll get into this one more later, but uh, Greece, the, the Greeks and the Romans. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They believed Hades was the place of the dead, right? right? With a god named Hades right. that presides over it. So that's the interesting thing about the way that the, uh, the, the Greco-Romans looked at hell is uh, Hades was ruled by Hades. Right. And Tartarus was ruled by Tartarus. Oh, okay. And we don't you don't normally see Tartarus in Greco-Roman like when like pop culture stuff. Right. But right. that's actually so Hades is like where the dead go, right? And there are stories of gods that go down, they cross the river. They cross Styx. the river Styx because once you receive judgment after you've crossed the river Styx, if you're wicked, you go to Tartarus. Hades isn't necessarily a bad place, oh, okay? Right? That's okay. where that's where that's where the dead go, but it's yeah. not necessarily awful. Tartarus is where you don't want to be. That's right? a bad. That's place. the pit, that's right? Punishment, right? And so, uh, what, what all did we have here? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a place uh, uh, for torment or punishment, and yeah, it was it was ruled by the uh, one of their actual like primordial gods, Tartarus. Okay. He's like I think the third deity or something. In oh wow! Yeah, yeah. He's, he's up. There. I don't even remember him in no, any well, of the mythology. Well, he's before the. Okay, so <laughs> we we got to go into a little bit of like Greco-Roman stuff. Like the the Greek gods were actually 
like born, they aren't the highest rung. Okay. There are people. There right. were there were those before them, like the Titans. The Titans, exactly. Okay. So Tartarus is a Titan. Well, kind of. I didn't really understand that part so much. I think he's actually bigger than the Titans because the Titans were imprisoned in Tartarus. Oh wow! So he's even more than the Titans. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But when you so like so Gaia, he's like going all the way back. Right. Like Gaia is like bigger than the gods, bigger than the Titans. Okay. Tartarus would be like on her level. Okay. Because Gaia is okay. the Earth. Okay. Tartarus is like the pits After, like, of the, the right the hell. They're, yeah. they're more. It's kind of mythopoic thought on like creation, chaos, Earth, gotcha. death. You know what gotcha. I mean? Yeah, they're kind yeah, of like yeah. the overarching concepts, and that's what Tartarus is. Um, Mayan religion. There is a nine-level underworld. Sound oh, familiar wow. thus sure far? Right? right. Nine-level underworld called Zibalba, where disease and evil was banished to. And then I read a quick little deal about like they've got some cutesy like folklore stuff about kids wandering into Zibalba and having to like escape because it's like a cave right. or something. I, right. It kind of reminds me of like Persephone going down right. to Hades, right, right, that right. sort of thing. Um, Islam. Uh, Jahannam, I believe is how you say it. It's a seven-layered hell. Wow. There's something very familiar about this layering oh, yeah, of hell yeah, thing, yeah. right? You get uh, Dante's Inferno. Is, and we will get there. It's seven layers, right? I think it's nine. Is it nine? Okay. I'll, I'll Google okay. it. It's one of the two. It's seven or nine. It's an odd number. I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> it's So Jahannam is a seven-layered hell, and it's a counterpart to heaven. Uh, it's filled with fire, boiling water, and torment. And it's reserved for those who rejected Allah, disobeyed his laws, or never believed. Enemies of Allah are sent to Jahannam immediately at death. The description of Jahannam is actually very similar to the hell of Dante's Inferno. Um, It's also full of seas of blood, darkness illuminated by fire, thorny shrubs. And then the lowest part of Jahannam is an icy cold place. Oh, wow. It's so similar to Dante's yeah, Inferno. Yeah. Like, um, and this might be a good time to go into Dante. Uh, Dante's depiction of hell is not the biblical one. Right, 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 right. for some reason, people, it, it's, it's people that probably don't know anything about Christianity or Christians that don't know a lot about Christianity right, right, yet. Right, right, right. Um, seem to kind of go to Dante's Inferno as like, this the, is it. That's yeah. it. That's what hell is. And I kind of did that as a kid. <clears throat> I thought that. And then I read the Inferno and started realizing, like, no, this is like a political statement. Yeah. And that's what it is. Dante's nine Inferno. levels. Nine, nine levels. Nine Dante's circles. Inferno. Gotcha. Yeah. So actually closer to the Mayan view. So it's like a mix between the Mayan view and the Islamic view okay. of okay. hell. Um, let's, uh, yeah, Baha'i which is a sect of right, Islam, right? right? In which they kind of just believe whatever you believe is fine. Ah, uh, Baha'i I thought was like Indian. Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I'll ask my good friend Google. I go do, ahead, I go do, ahead. I do know what they believe, though, is basically it's kind of a whatever you believe, cool, let's just be peaceful, let's get along. Um, but their view of heaven and hell really interested me. Um, they look at heaven as being close to God, and they look at hell as being isolated from God. Oh, well. And, I mean, without diving too far in, I mean, that's 
that is probably the closest on this list to the actual Christian view of hell. I mean, is that a fair statement? It is. Okay. It is. Baha'i, uh, from the 19th century, I didn't know it was that recent, developed in Iran in the Middle East. So you're right. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of like how Mormonism came out of Christianity. Okay. I think that's okay. the idea. Is it, gotcha. it, it developed out of Islam, but it's Islam not wouldn't Islam. claim it. Well, they don't claim the Sikhs or the Sun. You know, like right, they, right, you right, know right, right. It, that all. And maybe the Sikhs. I don't know. They, you, you get what I'm saying, though. Like right. there, there are divisions. Um, Sikhism. It is not a place. Hell is not a place where we live after death, but it is a part of life. And so they view it as like hmm. we. The, the pain, the suffering we endure in this life, that is hell. That is hell. The good, the, the love that we experience in this life, that's heaven. That's how the Sikhs would view so at heaven death, and hell. It's just the end. I, I guess so. Okay. Yeah. Um, and there may be different schools of thought within that, too. Okay. I'm not sure. Okay. But that seems to be the overarching one. Uh, Buddhism, there are five realms of rebirth. Okay. Um, some are pleasurable, some are full of torment. It's not really a, it, it seems to kind of be based off of karma a little bit, but karma is more of a Hindu thing. But it's through rebirth, you get these new tries at it, right? And okay. sometimes that try is going to be in a bad place, and sometimes it's going to gotcha. be in a better place. Gotcha. Um, Hinduism, Naraka, is a place of punishment and sins. It's a lower spiritual plane where judgment is based on karma. Um, Hinduism, that would be probably closer to, like, New Ageism. I don't okay. even know that New Ageism believes in I hell. don't M- think Much do. of Hinduism doesn't believe in hell. Okay. This is actually just a part of Hinduism. They gotcha. don't all subscribe gotcha. to the idea of hell. Um, but this idea that there is a lower plane, Hinduism kind of is, uh, and the New Age are kind of about, like, vibrations, have you ever heard about that sort of thing? Like there are higher Not vibrations, really, and that's okay. good spiritual energy, and there's lower vibrations, and that's bad that's spiritual bad energy. energy. So this is a lower spiritual plane. It's not that's the not good. good. You don't hit good the beach boys. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you don't want to be there. Okay. Um, the Jews, they believed in Sheol right. and right. Gehenna. Uh, good Hebrew terms, exactly. And we believe in those as well. Right. Their views on them are. They got modified over the years because of different schools of Jewish thought. Okay, okay. That's the idea, right? Um, they're both words for the grave. But Sheol is just like a waiting place, right? It's 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 place of the dead. Yeah, it's it's where you go when you die. It's where you go when you die. It's the grave. It's the grave. And so is Gehenna, originally. Okay. At some point... There were other thought. Now, now somebody may be listening to this. Look, guys, I'm not an expert on this. If you're listening to this and you're like, that's not true, I'm going off of the things I've read. Let us know. Let us yeah. know. We would love to dive deeper. Let us know. Um, but at some point, it seems that Gehenna or the idea of it got morphed into a place where you come to terms with the things you've done wrong. Okay. And... It's kind of like a waiting place um, to prepare you for a next life, and that seems to be like a that, like that came out of the Kabbalah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which is a school of uh, it's a school of Jewish uh, mysticism. Right. But right. a lot of people think this is where the idea for purgatory came from. 
from that uh, Kabbalah view of Gehenna. Gotcha. So maybe. I'm not sure. That's interesting. Now, I think Gehenna occurs in the New Testament too, doesn't it? It does. And isn't that where frequently when Jesus used the word Gehenna, he says where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. So, so that's the thing about Gehenna is it was a, it's actually a location outside of Jerusalem. Okay, it's, it's kind of coming back to me now, and it's the valley where they pretty much threw all their trash. They and threw was, their trash. It was, it was decomposing, and it was constantly like so, burning and. So it was like this cursed beast. place. Like nobody right. went there. It right. wasn't a good place to be, um, and I. I think I'm going off the top of my head, but I'm wanting to say like that's kind of where like the outcasts had to like wonder as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not that that may be a stretch, but um, what it originally was though was the kings of Judah that would sacrifice their children by burning them did it in Gehenna. Oh my goodness! And so that's why it developed this reputation as this cursed place, and that's why eventually it turns into this. Yeah, it's a trash heap. Yeah. So, that's the idea. Um, that's hell in other cultures. That is not hell in the Christian scope. Okay. Um, <clears throat> now, and what you're going to talk about, is it based on the Old Testament or the New Testament? Both. Or both? It's the, okay. whole, the whole shebang. Okay. Um, there's basically four words throughout the Bible that we would refer to as... Hell. And we talked about two. We talked about two. No, we've talked... uh, Sheol and Gehenna. Have we not mentioned... We have mentioned them all. Oh, really? We have mentioned them all already. Okay, And it's interesting why. Uh, We'll get there. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. The, the, The interesting thing about there being four words is that we are guilty of lump-summing all of them under the term hell. But they're actually four different things? The more I've dug, it seems like they're probably closer to two different things. Okay, okay. Four different terms, reason being it's two languages. Right, right, So you've right. got two words for each, is, is the way it seems to be. Okay. Um, there might be minor differences... I personally think it's two ideas. I think there is the reason different words are used is to speak to different cultures. Okay. That's what I think. Um, the problem, though, is that we use one word to explain all of it. It's all hell. It's all hell. But hell means grave. I mean, okay. when you really think about it, concealed, hidden, grave. It's not all a grave. Um, okay. And that's the problem. So... One of the words is Sheol, and that's Sheol. exclusively Hebrew. Sheol. Um, the next is Gehenna. Gehenna, and that is, occurs in Old Testament and New Testament. But it is a Hebrew word. But it's a Hebrew word. It's a transliteration in, in Greek. Right. Because um, there's actually, I think the original pronunciation was like Gehenom or something like that. Oh, okay. it, it's, it's close, but it's not okay. quite the same. Okay. Um, but then you've got Tartarus. And you've got Hades. Okay, so Hades I knew occurred in the New Testament, and that's typically translated just flat out hell. 
Tartarus. Where does Tartarus occur in the New Testament? So it's off. So the it would be in the original translations, right? As Tartarus. Okay. We then take that word and turn it into words like hell, the pit, the abyss, gotcha. you know, stuff like that. Um, so is it like in Revelation? We'll, we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Great. Let's start with uh, kind of diving on, in on Sheol a little bit, though. Okay. Um, Sheol, the grave, or the place of the dead. We've talked about that. Um, I've got a few verses that kind of unpack it, and that's kind of what we'll do with each of these. We'll give okay. a brief description. That sounds good. That sounds great. Sheol is, uh, uh, my first reven- uh, reference is Numbers sixteen thirty-one through 34. Okay. It says, as soon as he finished saying all this, the ground under them split apart, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them in their households and all those associated with Korah. And this is when Korah had stolen, right? He'd stolen a robe. No, no, no. No, Korah rebelled against Moses and Aaron and say, said, why do you set yourself up as, as the leaders? That's right. We are just as much leaders as I'm, you are. I'm thinking later on after they... You're thinking about Achan. That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay, got you. Um, so, yeah, they, they kind of like disassociated with him, right? And then right. the ground swallowed him and his whole family up, right? And so it says, together with their possessions... They went down alive into the realm of the dead with everything they owned. The earth closed over them, and they perished and were gone from the community. At their cries, all the Israelites around them fled, shouting, The earth is going to swallow us too. And that is in reference to Sheol. New Living Translation says, So they went down alive into the grave. Mm -hmm. They went down alive into Sheol the place that normally is just for the dead. Correct. And so when you hear something like the grave or the place of the dead, that's, that's generally Sheol. Sheol. Okay. Job 7, 7 through 10. Remember, O God, that my life is but a breath. My eyes will never see happiness again. The eye that now sees me will see me no longer. You will look for me, but I will be no more. As a cloud vanishes and is gone, so one who goes down to the grave does not return. He will never come to his house again. His place will know him no more. Once again, it's just a reference to death. It's a yeah. reference to dying, not being in this life anymore. Once right? you're gone, that's it. You that's don't come it. back. And so that tells you a little bit about the way the Jews viewed death. It's yeah. final. It's the end. It's the end. Right. Over. Um, so they didn't really believe in a heaven, it seems like. They believed in death. They believed in separation from God, right? God rewards you in this life according to whatever you do. Exactly. Um, Psalm 88, 2 through 10. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. I'm overwhelmed with troubles and my life draws near to death. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like one without strength. I am set apart with the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. You've put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily on me. You've overwhelmed me with all your waves. You've taken from me my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. I'm confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do their spirits rise up and praise you? And so this is, I believe this is David. <clears throat> Sounds like David. It's pretty angsty. Uh, Psalm of Korah. Oh, man. So, uh, close, close. Ooh. Is that actually that, the same That's Korah? in the time of... No, no, no. Oh, that's K O R A H. No, no. This is that's that. This is a a singer that David appointed during his time. Yeah. 
So it makes sense because ASAP like is the other one, right? Or yeah, that, yeah, yeah. He's the other one that David appointed. So this uses both grave and pit. Are those two different words, or is it all Sheol? That's a great question. I don't know. Okay, it okay. might one could be. I, no, I doubt one would be Gehenna. I'm going to assume it's all Sheol. Okay. Uh, I, it's the place of the dead. That's what they're talking about here. Because you're reading NIV. I've got the New Living Translation, and it follows grave and pit. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. That's Sheol. Sheol, it's it's death. That's what it is. It's going to die. It's the end. It's finality. And, and it's kind of this hopeless concept. It's like, that's where we're going. There's even parts in, like, Psalm, Psalms where David says things like, you know, Lord, I'm, you know, I, one day when I go down to the pit, you know, or when I go down right, to the grave, right, you know, right, when I go right. down to Sheol, the place of the dead. And it's like they just kind of accept that's part of their life. So this is kind of like a generic word. Uh, if you die, if you're good or you're bad, you go to Sheol. Right. If you follow Yahweh, if you don't follow Yahweh, you go to you Sheol. You go to Sheol. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So it's kind of a generic Cover it all. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Um, the next word's Gehenna, which was, like we said, it's a small valley in Jerusalem. That's where the kings of Judah would sacrifice their children by setting them on fire. And uh, Gehenna is specifically wow. designated as kind of like it's a place where the wicked go. Okay. That's in, And that is how Christ talks about it as well. Oh, yeah. Um, he oh, says, yeah. whoever shall say you fool shall be guilty enough to go into Gehenna. Um Matthew 5.29 says, It's better for you that one of the parts of your body perish than for your whole body to be thrown into Gehenna. Right. There also seem to be some ties between Gehenna and the Lake of Fire in Revelation. Okay. I've seen people allude that they could possibly be the same thing, but I don't think they come from the same root word. It's more just speculative from the way I understand it. But it does make sense. It does make sense. I thought the revelation uh, uh, word there was Hades. It could be. Well, so Hades is thrown into the lake of fire in Revelation. Oh, that's right. Hades and death are thrown into the lake of fire where they're destroyed. So the lake of fire is actually almost like a fifth. It's not a single word, but it's a phrase. It, it, It is either... One in the same as one of the words we already have, or it is the fifth word. Okay. But it doesn't come up much. I think it might only I, I come up in only Revelation. There. I think it's only and in it's that passage. And it's this place of destruction where where souls are destroyed is it's the idea. the final accounting. Right, because I, I, I don't know. I don't want to say this and be wrong, but I, if I remember correctly, doesn't it say that like death and Hades... And the devil are thrown there, and they're destroyed? Or does it say tormented forever? Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. There you go. And that's all it says. That's That's all it says? says. That's Revelation 2014. Okay, gotcha. Um, Is the devil thrown in there? There, There's part... I want to get this straight because I don't want to. The devil, I think, was already thrown into uh, the grave. Uh, or Revelation twenty ten. Then uh, the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet, where they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Okay, so so that is not a place of final death, but it seems like wherever Hades and it, it, it seems like Hades and death 
die, but the devil never gets to. <laughs> I mean, that's rough, right? Wow. But interesting. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's Gehenna. That's that's interesting. That death dies. Death dies. It's pretty good, right? Yeah. We'll probably talk about that with heaven a little more. Okay. But but this is a this is a sad, gloomy episode. This isn't this isn't happy heaven episode. Verse fifteen. Anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. With the devil and his angels. With the devil and the beast and the false prophet. Makes you wonder if it's a place of eternal torment? It does not say that specifically. But I think probably in the church, church said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Very. The next word, uh, we've covered the two Hebrew words. These are the Greek words. Hades. Talked about Hades. Hades is actually the god of the underworld. Right. But it's also the underworld. The place. Right. Right. Um, and is it all the underworld, including the river Styx? And yeah. I forget the name of the guy that runs the boat. Karen. Karen. Yeah. Karen. Yep. And that's why they put coins on their eyes. Yep, to pay them. That's the fee to yes. cross the river. Yep, that's and that's what the the Greeks and the Romans did, right? They would put they, coins they over put your eyes, coins over so your you eyes. could pay yeah. your way across. Right. The, that's so right. interesting. Um, but to me, I personally think Hades is the Greek equivalent to Sheol. Okay, the more the generic word, well, just the grave. Well, because it's not a place of punishment; it's a place right, of death. Right, right. It's where the dead go. Right. And so I think what well, Paul's doing... Persephone lives there exactly, six months out of the year. Exactly. And so I think what's happening is Paul is looking at this word, or you know, anybody talking to the Greeks are looking at these words. I think Jesus even talks about Hades. But like they're looking at these Greek words and seeing, oh, they have something very similar to what we're talking about. Let's use that word to talk to them. Okay. And okay. so um, Luke 1623... Uh, and in Hades, being in torment, oh, but we do have torment here in Hades, so this is interesting. He lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. You know what this part is? Yeah. This is Abraham's bosom, right? So this is, uh, this is the part about the poor this man. This is the rich man and Lazarus. Yes, the rich man and Lazarus. And so this is interesting because I personally, from everything I've read about this I do not think this is a literal account okay. of the afterlife. Yeah. It's, it's it's a parable. It's Jesus getting a jab on some Pharisees is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And he's using some really difficult words to do it. Um, we could go into – I mean, do you want to talk about that a little bit? The, the Pharisees are calling themselves sons of Abraham. Right. And Jesus is saying, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, he's saying – the rich man, you're the rich man. That's who the Pharisee is, right? They're the rich man who casts the beggar aside, casts Lazarus aside. But if we go back and we look at the story of Abraham, and I'm sorry I didn't prepare for this part, so I'm going to botch this a little bit. But Abraham had a servant named Eleazar, which is the same name as Lazarus. 
I didn't realize that. The same name. Oh, my goodness. And yeah. And so he's the one that it receives a blessing. So that's the Greek version of Eleazar, LZR, Lazarus. I guess so. Yeah. But so he, that servant of Abraham... What did he end up receiving? He got he, like he made out well, like oh, he was yeah, treated yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's happening here is he, they're, he's basically saying, "No, you aren't a son of Abraham. The servant, the the beggar, is a son yeah. of Abraham. Yeah. The meek, you know. This is kind of yeah. going into yeah. the beatitudes. And so there's a lot of people that think that this isn't literal. That this is more. This is more just it's a symbolic. It's yeah. all symbolic. Yeah. And so I'm I'm kind of hesitant to say that this is a literal look into what hell is. And yet he does use the vocabulary. He does use the vocabulary. Um, Acts 2.27 says, For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. And so here again we see this. It's a place of abandonment. It's a place of separation from God. And uh, I, I think that coming back to that whole Baha'i view, that fits. Yeah. Hell is separation from God. It's isolation from the one who gives life. And why wouldn't that make sense to be called the place of the dead? Right. Hades. Right. Sheol. Um, and so so that's Hades. Um, do you have anything to add on that? No, I was just looking. Um, that Acts 2.27 is quoting... Psalm sixteen eight to eleven, but it's quoting the Septuagint, not the Hebrew text, because the Hebrew text doesn't use yeah uh, doesn't use the word grave. Gotcha, and, gotcha, gotcha. And Peter does. Okay. Um, well, then we, we get to Second Peter two four with Tartarus, um, and 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 I'll talk on that verse oh, in a minute. Okay. Tartarus is the abyss or the pit. And it is named after the Greek deity who dwells there, right? It's this primordial thing. Um, it's a place of punishment for the wicked. Second Peter wow. two four. What's up? Yeah, are you going to read it? Yeah, it says, "For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment." Um, a lot of people talk about. Jesus going down and, and uh, declaring to the unclean spirits in hell that he had overcome death. Everybody, like, it, this is what, one of the reasons why we didn't go over this part in the Apostles' Creed. Because I, <laughs> I don't necessarily think Jesus, like, went to hell, okay? I think it's very possible he went to the place of the dead, right? But then he went to Tartarus. He went to Sheol. I think he went to Tartarus. And then he went to Tartarus. Because I think he was proclaiming his victory to the angels who had rebelled against him by sleeping with women who are here in Tartarus in eternal chains for their crimes against God and humanity. Okay, now you're making some jumps there. You're talking about angels who slept with women. That's, That's Genesis. Genesis 6. 4 or 6. Is 4. It six? It's no, one it's of six. the 6. It's 6. Okay. Um... Where does it say that they get thrown into Tartarus? Uh, for if God did not spare the angels who sinned, oh, but cast right them down here. to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness. So these are the who angels, are the angels who sinned of Genesis and, six. Well, if you actually let's go back there because I do believe it. And actually wait a minute a now. Statement. Greek mythology says that the, the Tartarus 
is the place where Holds the Titans the were put titans. in chains. And so there are people that believe that this is being said so the, the Greeks would understand that this is the same story. The Titans put in chains. It's like they're going, oh, you've already heard this. Yeah, that happened. They were put in chains. Oh, wow. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, it's like a jump between cultures, and it's like the Greeks had known part of the truth, and they'd kind of made their own version of it, but now they're getting the full truth. Well, and something that I've, that I've long believed, all cultures have some memory, some stories of the truth. Now, they usually get it wrong, but there are elements of truth in there, and this could be part of the Greek elements of truth that are there yeah so it doesn't actually it doesn't actually mention um the angels being imprisoned in genesis there are other verses about it i wish i had more on hand i'll have we we could do a whole episode on that to be honest it's pretty interesting um but to go on uh jude 1 6 Oh, here, yeah, sorry, I do have another one. (laughs) Um, And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Is that Jude 1-6? That's Jude 1-6. Wow. And so you've got these two kind of overlapping ideas here. Let's just go on. Let's just work through all these verses here. Revelation 9-11 And they had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek he has the name Apollyon. The destroyer. So that's Apollo to the Greeks. That's their god Apollo. Um, It's also Abaddon in uh, Hebrew. But in Revelation 20, 2 through 3, he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, um, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. For just a little while. It seems to me that Tartarus is specifically set aside for the angels. For celestial beings. For, 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 yeah, for, I mean, little g-gods, for Elohim, okay. right? Okay, okay. Um, that have sinned against God. Um, I don't know if that means it's for humans as well, uh, but the best I can understand is that it's a place of holding for judgment. It's like a prison. It's like an angel prison is what it seems okay. like. Or, okay, Or a demon prison, I guess you yeah. could say, but... Um, yeah, and so I, I don't know if there's – there may be ties between Tartarus, Gehenna, Lake of Fire, I'm not sure. Um, but Lake of Fire, Gehenna, that seems more final, whereas – This is fascinating. Isn't it wild? It, is, it but, but, really but is. Here, but here's the crazy thing. After everything we've just said, remind yourself, if you read the King James Bible, you don't get any of this. You it's get the word hell. hell. Yeah, yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. Like, that is a yeah. translation yeah. Yeah. problem. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, right, and right. now, luckily, though, the NIV, the NLT, they're better about it. They actually, they differentiate. Well, they don't differentiate between Tartarus they don't and get it perfect. Hades. They don't get it perfect, but they get yeah. it better. <laughs> yeah. Now, that is really interesting, though. But, I mean, that, that's it, though. I mean, what it really boils down to is, I don't even know that we can say hell. Like, it's like, I, 
I don't want to confuse it that way. Right, right. When we die, if we are not in Christ, we will be separated from Christ. Now, whether that looks like eternal punishment, whether that looks like final death, whether that looks like going to, like, like what Jesus says, like, I think it's Jesus, uh, outside the gates there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Right, is that Jesus? right, right, yeah. Um, whatever it is, you're not with God. Which weeping and gnashing of teeth doesn't necessarily mean that you're in pain. It does mean that you're sad. Right, exactly. Um, and so the, the point is, it's whatever it is, you don't want it. We can speculate on all this all we want. What is clear to me is hell is not an all-encompassing word. It's not a one-size-fits-all word. So one of the things that I've heard is that uh, in the afterlife, God gives everybody what they want. That if they wanted to be with him, they get to be with him. And if they didn't want to be with him, yeah, he sets them aside. Right. They are isolated from him. And they never knew what isolation from God was actually like. Right. And when it happens, it's not all that enjoyable. Uh, but that's what they I would wanted. Say it's not at all enjoyable. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, it's a place of death. It's a place of torture and punishment and sadness and discontent. And the funny thing is, to be in the presence of God is the opposite of all of those things. Yeah. It's truth and life and love and happiness and joy and fulfillment. And so I'm spoiler alert, that's heaven. Yeah. Heaven is when you're with God. It's not a it's I, I don't necessarily believe um that the heaven set for us is so much a place we will be. We've talked about this. I believe that the new creation, the new earth, is the place where we'll be. Right. But to be in the presence of God will be the kingdom of heaven. We right. can, but the, right. But we can be in the kingdom of heaven right now, right? Like, the kingdom of heaven he is here right in now. God's presence exactly. right now. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is near. It's here. In Come fact, be a part even of it. calls the filling of the Holy Spirit a... a uh, uh, my Spanish is coming to me, and I, I don't know the right English word. It's a down payment, right? On what we'll receive when we're in heaven. I think that's actually what it says in 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 the New Testament. It's it's a down payment. Yeah. Um. But but basically, what's what I'm saying here is, if we can right now choose to participate in heaven, to be a part of heaven, because I mean, kind of the Sikhs have it right there in a way too, right? It's it, in a it's way. In, in, in a, sense. a there is a a part of heaven that is right here and right now in this earth. Except there, that there is something still coming. There is something still coming, but we know that about that's the same with our salvation. It's the already and not it's yet. It's the already yeah. and not yet, right? <laughs> so the Sikhs have a piece of it. They don't yeah. have it all right. But my point is if you can choose heaven right now to participate in heaven right now, you can also choose not to participate in heaven. And that's hell. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little punny. Sorry. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of what, yeah, yeah. C.S. Lewis talks about this. He has a book called The Great Divorce. You've mm -hmm. got it over there in your collection. And it's kind of a metaphor. It's kind of in the same vein as Pilgrim's Progress. Uh -huh. It's not, certainly not intended to be literal. But uh, in that, uh, hell is a place of total isolation from God. 
and even isolation from each other. People are just alone. And part of their punishment is periodically they'll take a bus trip to heaven. And when they get there, even though they hate where they are, they can't stand heaven. Because that's not what they want. It's too real. And actually heaven hurts. It is so real that even the grass blades cut through their shoes and poke them in the feet. And uh, hell is just a shade. It's just a a shadow. You know what? I got to pull up that C.S. Lewis quote. Uh, You guys reminded me of this one the other day, and I love this. It says, uh, we are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition. So when infinite joy is offered us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea, we are far too easily pleased. That's hell. That is. That is. That is. We'd rather make mud pies in a gutter because we can't even grasp. Yeah. We can't even grasp the reality of a, a day at sea, but that's—I mean—that's—that's that's in simplest terms yeah. of what we're talking yeah, about yeah, here. But yeah. like, this is so much bigger than that. Yeah, that is interesting. That is interesting. So, hell is real. Hell is real. But it is not necessarily what we picture it to be in our minds. We got to be careful. Yeah. Like me and Randy said, our, even when we think about hell, it's not. It's not always the biblical view. No, no, no. Yeah. We're so easily influenced by the world around us, by pop yeah. culture and stuff. But if you notice, though, that didn't stop Jesus and the apostles, disciples, from talking in terms that other people would understand, too, you know? They they used the terms that they were familiar with to describe a very real place. You know, and typically when I hear somebody argue against hell, they say, well, I... I, I a kind and generous God would not condemn someone to be burned with fire for eternity. It's not necessarily what hell is. We, we choose it. It is isolation from God. He just gives you what you're looking for. Exactly. It's not, it's not that you were condemned to it. It's you chose it. Yeah. You would rather it right. than him. Right. And that's what it boils down to. So we hope that if you're listening to this, to this today, that gets you thinking, because it doesn't really sound like a place anybody probably wants to go. So uh, <laughs> pick up your Bible. Get to know Jesus. He's a pretty cool guy. We like him. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to Salty Saints Podcast. If you've got any questions for us, send them to us at questions at salty, or questions at becomehope.com or salty saints, saints at becomehope.com. I'm never going to stop messing that up. Um, <laughs> You know what? Take it easy, guys. Stay salty. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.